I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Life Today Live. I have a question for you. How are you feeling? I'm Randy Robinson, by the way, in case you don't know. Uh, are you feeling good? Are you feeling confident? Uh, are you feeling secure in your identity and clear in your purpose in life? Well, uh, if so, great. We're going to offer you some encouragement and really propel you forward. If you're struggling in that area, this will be especially uh, interesting for you because we're going to be talking to Amanda Pittman today. She is the founder of Confident Woman Co., the host of the Confident Woman podcast and the author of this book stand in confidence so i think you can see a little bit of of a theme going on here uh and why is this important well how do you get there these are all great questions we're going to talk about it amanda great to have you on live today live thanks for having me on i'm super excited about this conversation so i'm yeah as as i mentioned there's a theme here uh everything Mm -hmm. you're doing has the word confidence Mm -hmm. in it why Mm -hmm. why is that you know I grew up uh, quite insecure Mm -hmm. and um, I was saved filled with the Holy Spirit had a real relationship with the Lord I fully understood the gospel from a young age I had a I would had a really strong biblical background Uh, but it did not transfer to confidence in my life Mm -hmm. and so I felt confident about my salvation but beyond that I I didn't see how it transferred to other areas of my life and so what I did is I found so much of my worth significance value in how I performed um, because I I'm a flutist and um, so in school I I played flute and I even went to college for it uh, on a scholarship. Really? And so, yes, I, I went to SMU in Dallas uh, for that on a music scholarship. That's and a big scholarship. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I need. Uh, I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> I needed every dollar. <laughs> Still have student loans. Um, so yes. Yeah, so with that, um, I had placed so much of my worth, value, and significance in that um, because I was really good at it, yeah. and so. I actually. I I loved music, but I loved winning. I loved being first chair. I loved achievement more than that because it gave me a sense of significance. Mm-hmm. So music was really secondary and, and finding my validation in that was primary. There was that. There was also um, relationships. I, I placed a lot of my worth and value in, in relationships. Um, so getting into the wrong friendships, getting into the wrong romantic uh, uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. And it really deteriorated my sense of self. And the more I tried to find my worth, values, and significance in these places, the more insecure I felt. And so I was recently uh, scrolling back on my old Facebook statuses, taking a, a trip down memory lane. And there was one status that stopped me dead in my tracks. And it said um, in 2011, I feel like my insecurities get in the way of everything wow. in my life. Wow. And that really shook me to my core because I was looking at it from the perspective of now. I was seeing where I was then from the perspective of where I was here while leading a ministry called Confident Woman Co. while writing a book called Stand in Confidence. And um, I realized that God had done such a magnificent work in my life. And I had to trace it back to 
the things that he established in my life that made the transfer. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'll stop there, but I will say I did run away from the Lord and, and he drew me back to himself. And whenever I rededicated my life to Christ in college, that's when that journey began of, of learning how to make that transfer of, uh, salvation to a confidence in Christ that will permeate every environment that I walk into. So I, I find it very interesting that, that you say you're confident in your salvation, but that, that didn't, didn't translate over because I, I don't think a lot of people will say that about themselves, mm-hmm. but they live that way. Exactly. And it starts to show after time. So uh, 2011, is that pre-college for you? I'm not going to. That was my senior year of high school. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, and not unusual. Yeah. Uh, and I think women tend to struggle with it a little bit more than men, but, it, you know, it's there for all of us. Um, so, but yet you said you, you tell me about the rededication and the college and, yes. and how that, that journey went. So at the end of high school, beginning of college, I was caught up in this negative relationship. And thing is, I didn't even like the guy. I just got in the relationship because I, I wanted to be wanted. I wanted to, um, feel valuable. And, uh, during a very fragile age, you know, I, I felt like value came from having a boyfriend. And so this, this relationship was quite toxic. Um, it was, uh, emotionally manipulative, um, verbally abusive, uh, and, and it goes beyond that. Um, and so it, it was just so psychologically damaging that I thought to myself, how could God allow me to experience so much pain and, and he be a God that looks after me, a God who protects me, um, because I had experienced quite a bit of trauma with this relationship. And I, I, you know, I didn't have the spiritual maturity to understand that, hey, this was your own disobedience, Amanda. The Lord told you to leave the relationship a million times. Um, But of course, I blamed God. And so um, whenever I uh, strayed away from the Lord, it became so dark that I denounced my faith altogether. And I was spiraling, just mentally, emotionally spiraling. I I, I didn't have friends on campus uh, because I had spent so much of my time just caught up on Skype. Uh, we didn't have Zoom back then, but on mm-hmm. Skype with this with this boyfriend and just wasting my life away. It was constant drama, and um, I I no longer wanted to serve a God that I felt like didn't serve me, you know? Um, and so I explored a lot of different religions. I, I went to a Hindu temple and I, I tried meditating. I tried Buddhism and um, I would even go to debates with atheists and Christians on campus and get a little smug and smile whenever the atheist is winning. It's like, gotcha, you know, take that God. Um, and I didn't realize that I did believe in God and I just had, uh, I was just angry at him. Um, and so during that time in college, um, while I was really far from the Lord, actually, I want to say it was like a night after a party or something like that. I had laid my head to sleep and that night I had a dream that I visited heaven. And to this day, I still believe that that was a divine encounter, um, whether in dream or, um, literally there I encountered heaven. And, um, whenever, I uh, reached heaven, I was met with Jesus. And uh, I told him, hey, I don't belong here. 
you've seen what I've been doing. You know, you see how I've strayed away from you. You see how I've like blasphemed your name. You see how I'm just partying and completely rejecting you. I don't belong here. And in this dream, Jesus said to me, I don't remember. Your sins are forgiven. This is yours. This home is yours. And then he welcomed me into heaven and the other parts of the dream. It was just a very beautiful experience for me. And um, for me, my life didn't change right away, right after that. I was still processing it, but it was a turning point for me. I couldn't deny that I had this encounter with the Lord. Um, And so from there, I went on a journey and a process. And I I remember um, telling a friend at the time, somebody was inviting me to church and I was so sick of Christians. So I said, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to fake the funk. I don't want to fit their mold. And he said, then don't. And I was so shocked. I thought he was just going to say, just go. He said, then don't. And I was like, what? And he said, just pray and read the Bible. Just pray and read the Bible. Because then you're going to be finding the Lord for yourself, not faking the funk, not trying to fit into this church mold, but you'll find the Lord for yourself. And so I started to pray and read the Bible. And through that, I understood that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And he drew me back back, back to himself And um, I couldn't deny that the Lord was speaking to me and encountering me as I read his scripture and I was praying to him. Um, And it it became something that um, it's like my faith couldn't be taken away from me again like that because I understood this is a real relationship um, with the Lord. And so that was kind of my journey of of coming back to God. Um, And then from there, I, I left that toxic relationship and from there, my life changed. Your heaven... Uh, epiphany. It sounds really suspiciously like a parable. <laughs> Has that occurred to you? The the prodigal son when, I mean, huh. he'd walked away, he'd, wow. he'd taken, you know, his father's inheritance and kind of squandered wow. it and was like, came back and said, I, I don't belong here, you mm-hmm. know? And the father said, we're throwing you a feast. Wow. I I never made that connection. Really? It's it's been years. It's been a, over a decade now and I never made that connection, but wow. Yeah. And I remember that feeling. I remember falling to Jesus's feet. I'm on my knees weeping. Yeah. Saying I don't belong here. I felt so undeserving. It it made no sense to me and heaven was more beautiful than I could ever fathom and it didn't seem like a place where I deserved and yet it was mine and he gave it to me and he met me with love and grace and he embraced me, he gave me a hug. And, and, and it was just uh, so beautiful. And I never made that connection. Yeah, I mean, we call it the, the story of the prodigal son. <laughs> right. But really, it's it's the yeah. story of the father of the prodigal because yeah. it reveals the nature of, of God who is not waiting to condemn us. Yes. We're, we're our sins bring on the the misery He's waiting to welcome us back in and to clothe him with yeah. a robe and to put his ring of royalty on us Amen. and to throw a feast. So, yeah, no, that, and that's, that's precisely what you saw. Amen. Absolutely. Um, and that just makes it even sweeter because it was <laughs> at that moment where I understood grace. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand grace before then. And then I understood, wow. I don't deserve this, and yet you're giving it to me. Yeah, I, I felt mercy. I felt grace. I felt it all. Um, so where, so yeah. where 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 does that take you then? Uh, mm-hmm. Because that that obviously sets you on a completely different path. It did. Um, 
So I understood um, as time progressed, as time progressed, and I, I was establishing a relationship with the Lord um, that this this relationship with a high school boy, like I, I I couldn't I couldn't maintain it. I couldn't go on, and so um, I eventually left that relationship. And um, in college, I ended up getting into another relationship with my now husband. His name is Michael, and um, during that time. Uh, he was so different than anyone else I had ever been with. And it really renewed my mind on what love was Hmm. Um, because I I, uh, came from a relationship where I would hear the guy say, Oh, I love you because you're so this, you're so that. And, you know, kind of just talk me up. And so I'd ask Michael, so why do you love me? (laughs) And so I'm expecting him to just talk me up. Oh, I love you because you're just not like anybody else, whatever. And he said, I love you because I choose to. Oh, and I think at first I was quite offended. <laughs> what do you mean? You love me because I choose to. Am I that hard to love? And I didn't understand it then, um, but I appreciated it as time progressed. And I wasn't so lovable because the truth is we all want to be loved for how great and impressive we are until we're no longer as great and impressive. Um, and so there are times in my life where I wasn't so lovable, times where um I wasn't the best girlfriend. I wasn't the best fiance. I wasn't the best wife. There were times where, I, I mean, I, I, my looks were gone because I, I get pregnant and I gain 50 pounds and I cut off all my hair and it's growing back in this weird, awkward phase. And it's like, this is not who you married. You know, I look completely different. And he still loved me because it was deci- it was a decision and a choice. And what I learned about that was it renewed my mind about what God's love is. God's love mm-hmm. is a choice and a commitment to us, not because of how great or performative that we could be, but because of his character and his love. Um, and it taught me that his love isn't revocable. It's not going to just be stripped of us the moment we're no longer lovable, but instead he's faithful, he's committed. And I no longer saw God as this uh, this like high in the sky Lord who watched over but didn't intervene and and let me suffer mm. all of those years but I, instead I saw him as someone who loved me mm. despite all the mistakes that I made and will continue to love me um, because he is committed and faithful to me um, and so that really was the foundation of my confidence understanding yeah. that it's not this transactional love but rather it's an unconditional love that we can't work for or earn but ra- rather stand in, receive and embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that became the foundation of my confidence that um, really started my confidence journey and set the foundation for the ministry, the books, all of that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that's, that's obvious. And that's a wonderful foundation uh, enables us, enables us like your book says to stand in confidence. This is the book by Amanda Pittman. Uh, it's available now. And this is her website, AmandaAPittman.com. There's a couple of A's in there, AmandaAPittman.com, <laughs> if you want to follow up with her. Uh, but I, I want to get to an, an interesting outline that you have related to your book. And these are the, the four components of mm-hmm. confidence, because this is, I think, some really good, solid, some solid principles for people mm-hmm. who may be struggling in that area still so uh i'll say them because i know you probably wrote the book a while ago you maybe maybe this rolls off the top of your head but for the audience the the four (laughs) four components are clarity connection competency 
and conviction. Talk us through those. So these four components of confidence are the four pillars that God established in my life that I could trace back to a foundation of confidence. And I believe that if we lack confidence, it's because of one of these four silos. Um, So clarity is knowing who you are so that you can know what to do. Mm. Out of who you are flows what you do. And many times we try to find worth, value, significance, and identity by what we do, thinking that what we do will determine who we are when quite in in reality, who we are determines what we do. And so um, we needed, I needed to learn that um, God had already given me identity. I didn't have to work to attain a sense Mm -hmm. of identity, but instead I needed to live from a place of identity. And so Clarity talks about that. It also talks about, um, so our identity in Christ and defining our God-given design. We all have a different role in part to play within the body of Christ. And if we don't know the specific way that God designed us, then we're going to lack confidence thinking that we have to look like someone else, perform like someone else in order to matter. And (laughs) when we've seen that in a few churches, haven't we? Right. Absolutely. And then when we don't measure up to in someone else's shoes, we feel something's wrong with us. When in actuality, we were never designed. To fit them yeah. and so defining your design is the clear will give you the clarity that you need to have confidence so that is a uh, clarity connection is all about your connection with god and your connection with others mm-hmm. your connection with god is the one relationship that will determine every other relationship and so that's why it needs to come first mm-hmm. so in this section i talk about hearing the voice of god because in my life my confidence grew as i heard the voice of god it started back in college when i learn to read the Bible for myself and pray for my, you know, pray on my own time so I can learn the character of God and discern the voice of God. So whenever I have these thoughts swirling around in my mind, I can delineate, no, this is what the Lord is saying. And this is what the enemy is telling me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, also whenever we have a strong connection with the Lord, it helps us pick our people. Uh, Because in my own experience, I I picked my people unwisely. I picked my people independent of God. And that's what ruined my confidence mm. because of the the relationships that I chose. It destroyed my confidence. Yep. So learning to hear the voice of God will help you to follow in him and also pick your people with wisdom. Um, and then competency. Yes. Competency is all about um, your ability because the more competent you are, the more confident you are. You know, I've been speaking for many years now, so I, I feel pretty, pretty confident speaking because I'm competent in it. Um, however, in order to find a competency in Christ, um, it, it boils down to two things. It's uh, expanding your capacity and sharpening your ability. And expanding your capacity um, is really looking at whatever's draining your capacity and, and plugging those holes. One of the things that I used to do, that I described my heart before uh, before healing was it, it felt like no matter, I, I, it felt like my heart was a bucket. And no matter how much love, validation, significance, good things were poured in, it would inevitably seep out of the bottom because there are holes in the bottom. <laughs> and so in order to establish confidence, you need to first block block up whatever's draining your confidence. And that's how you expand your capacity to receive, retain, and multiply what God gives you. And so uh, many times what's draining it is unhealed wounds. 
And so in this section of, of competency, we be- become good at learning how to address our pain. We become competent at um, addressing our pain and our wounds in God's presence um, so that we can find healing that lasts. Yeah. And then also uh, in that section, I also talk about becoming competent at renewing your mind. Um, you know, we're, we're transformed by the renewing of your mind and you can do a lot of things to try to appear confident. But if your internal programming, if your beliefs are not updated, uh, then your input will not match your output and you will not get the results that you want. And so we have to actively renew our mind in partnership with Christ. And then finally, um, conviction. Conviction is a driving force, a driving why. Um, we need a big why that makes this all matter. You think about all the, all the people who sparked mass movements all throughout history. They all had an undying conviction. Martin Luther King had a conviction. Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler had a conviction. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ had a conviction. If we're going to do anything worthwhile in this life, it's going to be because of our conviction. Um, And so. (laughs) And it better be a godly one. (laughs) Exactly. Because people are following, following people who are loud and wrong. They're convicted and their conviction is leading them towards death while we have the answer to life. And so our conviction needs to be in Christ. And so. Conviction is all about knowing your responsibility, because if we don't understand that we have a responsibility, we're going to think, oh, it doesn't matter if I if I don't answer my calling. It doesn't matter if I don't step up to the plate because no one's harmed. Mm -hmm. But if you understand, I have a responsibility to others. And if I don't, who will? It it really shifts the perspective and and, and makes you realize I have a moral obligation to do this. Um, And so. So, yes, it's it's this conviction I believe that we we will encounter insecurities. I, to this day, I encounter insecurities. To this day, I, I I will feel inadequate. However, I have a conviction. So I don't believe that we need to avoid fears, but we need a conviction big enough to help us face our fears. Yeah. We don't need to um, learn how to get rid of insecurities, but we need a conviction greater than our insecurities that help us to override our insecurities so that we still do what we're called to do. So these four components of confidence, you can establish them in anything and become more confident, but that will be a temporary temporary confidence. Mm-hmm. When you establish these four components in Christ, that's when you build a confidence that lasts. Okay. There's a lot there. There's a lot of good a lot. things, a lot of good things there. Let me ask you about this. Um, you you mentioned fear. And, and so, and you talk about the insecurities, and I think part of dealing with insecurities is recognizing them when they crop up in you. Mm-hmm. And fear would be an obvious one. Um, mm-hmm. What would some of the other you think sort of red flags that oh, this is an insecurity popping up in me that I need to that I've learned how to deal with that I need mm-hmm. to deal with? Are there any kind of Things that patterns where you've gone, okay, this is an insecurity that I got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it definitely depends on how self aware you are. So if you're not quite self aware, you have to go all the way to your actions um, mm-hmm. to see what kind of actions are there. But if you're quite self aware, you can stop it in your thoughts. Um, so let's just talk about the thoughts. Um, if you start hearing this narrative and this script going through your mind of uh, maybe a, a, a fear of scarcity. Like, um, I, I, I'm afraid I won't be enough. I won't have enough. Um, God won't give me enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 
that is an insecurity. And you can see that play out through your actions when you start hoarding, when you feel like you can't give a lot because you have to, you have to retain and reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see that in your actions. And if you can stop it in your thoughts and renew your mind with right. scripture, with those comebacks, um, and that conviction will help you override it. Another, another script that may be going through your mind is um, you, you may be uh, afraid of loss. You know, um, you also may be a, a fear of pain, like fear of things being hard, you know, like, man, if I go after this, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to encounter persecution. People are going to laugh at me. Um, you know, I'm going to be rejected. And in those times, it's like you have to be equipped with the proper comebacks and conviction to override that. And the scripture says, hey, in this world, you will have trouble. But rejoice, you've overcome the world. Um, so in Christ, we have the victory. So you need to be equipped with these scriptures in your back pocket when these things arise so that um, they don't become the filter through which you live your life. Um, and so there are a lot of different um, scripts and narratives that can be going through um our minds. And I actually write about that in the book. There are several different ones. I, I believe nine different ones. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, being able to recognize it when it's in your thoughts before it comes, right. becomes words and actions. Um, that is how you can take those thoughts captive and subject them to the truth of Christ. Yeah. And that is the ultimate spiritual warfare right there is, is it's right here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we're not sharp or self-aware in that regard, diligent, it does come out in our words and comes out in our actions and that's that's when it starts to do damage <laughs> a lot of times right. and so there's, you know there's, if we can we can get that we can get that early that you're talking victory and you're talking yes serious confidence okay the other question i want to ask you is you, you you talked about how your insecurities early on coming out of high school going to college led you into bad relationships hanging around people that were not good toxic abusive now that you are in a confident in Christ place and you are ministering, does that enable you to go back amongst those very same people or same mm. types of people and instead mm-hmm. of being influenced to be the influencer? That is the first time anyone has asked me that question, and I think it is such a rich question. Yes. Yes. I think that's, is... I think that's what we're called to be. Yes, absolutely. And you'll see a lot of like uh, memes and talk on the Internet of you can't heal in an environment that broke you. Agreed. You have to separate and heal and find freedom before you can reintroduce yourself back into those environments. But it is not the will of God for you to to uh, silo yourself for the rest of your life in perpetuity. We're called to be a light in a dark place. And that's actually something that I'm learning right now, Mm -hmm. learning how to steward during this time of my life is good. I have a happy, healthy marriage, uh, financially stable, beautiful children. Uh, I'm walking in victory mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I'm healed. I'm whole. And I don't feel like there's another place I need to get to, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm just standing in, in everything that God has given me. Yeah. However, I'm learning how to steward that in holding up others. Yeah. So any pain that I'm experiencing, it's because I'm holding up the pain and the burdens of my brothers and sisters. Any any troubles that I'm experiencing, I'm, I'm taking on uh, the heartache and, and, and bearing one another's burdens as we're called to do. And so I'm learning how to 
carry the weight, but also offload it at the feet of Jesus so that I don't have to be weighed down by it. And it's a new thing that I'm walking in. It's like, no, I have already done my own healing work. I don't need to focus on myself right now, but my my goal is to go and reach back and help others. And that is the gospel. That's why we need confidence because there are people that we're called to. And if we're sitting around unhealed, Mm -hmm. haven't renewed our mind in the wrong relationships, don't know who we are, then we can't help anyone. But when we have all of these things, we have a a responsibility. I I forget the exact story, which person it was in scripture, but there was one that needed healing that Jesus insisted on taking outside the town. Then he healed him. And Mm. I imagine that after that, he was then able to go back into the town, a -hmm. completely changed person and testify to the power of Christ. And I see that. I, I see that so often in people that are in bad, I mean, you know, just recently we had someone on who was trafficked, sexually trafficked, and her name is Kia Bauer. And now, you know, she God pulled her out of that, rescued her from that, healed her, gave her the foundations that you've been talking about now. And with confidence, she goes back and ministers in those very areas to people who are in, in the midst of the pain, you know, or just right. out of it. And I, I, I see that. I mean, in so many ways, it's it's the calling, yeah. You know, and so for for you to to be at that at that apex, it's not like okay, now I'm I'm whole, I'm healed, I'm healthy. Time to kick back and en- enjoy the pool, you know. I mean, not the right pool, but and it's like no, now you are you're battle ready. Absolutely. Know? So that's and that's. Thing. Yes, and that's God's will for our life. That is the gospel. I mean, we're a city on a hill um, because we have something to offer. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that we don't get stuck and trapped in a victim mentality when we truly are the victors. And I see that a lot. Um, We've been given everything we need in Christ. The scripture says all things are yours or everything belongs to you, depending on what version. And We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've been given a new identity. Uh, He's given us every good thing in Scripture that we can use to renew our mind. Um, We have it all. And if we continue to believe that we're a victim and not a victor, then what we're doing is we're just taking. We're taking all of this energy that could be directed towards the real victims that need saving. uh, Because we're still thinking, woe is me at some point. We have to become mentally strong and say, no, I have the victory and uh, I'm no longer going to waste my life feeling like everybody else is responsible to save me. I have already been redeemed. I've already been saved. I don't need saving anymore. I don't need rescuing anymore. It's now my job to go back, reach down and pull others out of the trenches. Um, So having a mindset of victory is essential. The misery that comes with being a victim. I, th- I mean, you you know that, or and and the misery from brokenness and pain, and and insecurity. What's the joy you get where you're at now? Mm. That's a good question. I feel a sense of joy because I'm equipped. Yeah, I'm resourced. Yeah. Hard times still come. Sure. Challenges still come, insecurities still arise, but I have everything I need. Yeah. I'm equipped. I know how 
to take my thoughts captive. It's still work to do it, but I know how. <laughs> right, yeah, you still got to um, do it. <laughs> right, it's still work to do it. Still can be painful, but I know how. Yeah. Um, I know how to present my pain to the Lord and offer them up to him um, and find healing in his presence and counseling, of course. I, I, I'm resourced. I'm equipped. And there's such a, a, a sense of abundance that comes with that. Right. You know, a lot of times when we talk about abundance, yes, there there can be financial abundance, but oh my goodness, that is the, not the only form of abundance. There's relational abundance. There's spiritual abundance. There's right. mental abundance. And when you're in this place of confidence and victory, you feel like you're in abundance. You're equipped. You're resourced. You're lacking no good thing, nothing broken, nothing missing, perfect shalom. And um, being in that place gives you a sense of, I have so much to give, so I can't keep it to myself. Yeah, I love it. I I love it. And I can see the confidence, and I know where it comes from, so I know it's good. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you sharing. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? This has been so, so good. I really love what God's done in your life, and... Uh, you're, you look, you look about 20 still. I know you're not, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 29 now. <laughs> are, you, are you really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, you know, <laughs> you, you're going to see lives. I think God's going to give you the privilege of being an instrument to see lives changed in ways that you can't even imagine. Mm, thank you. So stay there and, and be you. confident and, and do the work. Uh, mm. Do the hard work, but you'll find the joy in the hard work, mm. and man, you you can pile up some rewards in in heaven. Amen, uh, it's, it's amen. Good. I receive that. Thank you, <laughs> well, thank you for that word. Uh, and that's something I even talk about in the book. I mean, not, nothing that we do is in vain. We will be rewarded for all the good works that we do. Yeah. Um, it's not in vain. It's explicit and so, in scripture. Yeah, explicit. We yes. get crowns. It is there. <laughs> it's it's beautiful and so um i guess the final thing i'll say and just uh leave leave all the listeners with is that this is available to you do not count yourself out for such a long time in my life i thought all of that is for people like them and i never thought that any goodness that god had available was for me And uh, I just want to say that he died to give you this abundance, this spiritual abundance, this mental abundance in such a way that you can feel like you have clarity, you have complete connection, you are competent, and you have a conviction. And because of that, you're confident. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. I had a blast. You're a phenomenal (laughs) podcaster phenomenal interviewer. Uh, This was a really rich conversation. You can check out Amanda's book wherever you check out books, and you can read this every day until you get yourself in that place of confidence. So God gets you because he's the one that does it. Let's be honest. Amen. In that place of confidence, (laughs) and, and you really can. You can stand. Hit share, hit like, hit follows, hit subscribe, and come back tomorrow and the next day and the next. We've got more great discussions like this for you. Right here on Life Today Live. We'll see you again next time. Jesus Christ of Nazareth loves you so very much. And if Jesus loves you so very much, surely you are ready now to believe him, to receive him, and to receive the healing from body, mind, and soul.